Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Season three, One Man's Opinion, the season that almost didn't happen, almost did, uh, has been delayed. Thank you. If you're listening to this, by the way, thank you one and all for your patience and your patronage, keeping subscribing. I know it automatically, for those who did subscribe to the podcast, after all, it's free and everything, but it stops you once there haven't been new episodes. And it's been over a month now since my last episode. So uh, thank you for being patient. Thank you for resubscribing. We do appreciate it, folks. And, you know, it's one of these things, the little engine that could this podcast, we want to crank out as many as possible. I enjoy doing them. This is One Man's Opinion. My name is Chef Mans. in case you forgot, or maybe you're just stumbling upon us again. This is season three, so we have 106 episodes already in the can. This is episode 107, the first or uh, season three premiere, if you will. You find me, Jeff Mans. I am the host of the Elite Sports Show, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm also part owner and chief operations officer of the Elite Sports Network. Now, I've got big news as it pertains to the Elite Sports Network. As a matter of fact, while I've been off, I speculated. I talked about it at the end of last season, how we have made changes. We're contracting, if you will, like um, we are the the company's not getting smaller. We're just we, we ran six different websites as of the start of the 2022 year calendar year. And we now will operate at really for all intents and purposes. We have one site now. It's all at fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go. We used to have the DFS site at elitefantasy.com. We used to have the betting site, elitesportsbetting.com. We had the elite sports data site as well. So, like, we had a lot, you know, all these websites, but it's all under one umbrella, fantasyguru.com. Just easier. And it's the number one complaint people had subscribers had they don't realize that hey we do betting we do daily fantasy sports we do baseball we do football we do esports we do gaming we do uh ncaa basketball football and you know every sport everything we have discord we've got our elite plus podcast and live stream network we've got an excellent data site so we have all these things and it's just, it's been difficult. And so we've listened to you over the last couple of years and we decided let's just move everything. It was a big ordeal. It's been worked on for the last six months, but we're happy that as of now it's unveiled fantasyguru.com. So go over there, check it out. We actually have a launch 20 L A U N C H two zero. It's 20% off any package, any subscription, any service you want from us. And with that, there's also now that we're under one site, you've bundled, you could now get betting, like if you're a baseball fan, the baseball season's first pitch is probably as you're listening to this uh, this week, uh, opening day for Major League Baseball is here. You want the draft guide, the seasonal product, the betting product, the day of DFS. If you get all three, now you get huge discounts on every package you you get. So it's a lot cheaper for everybody. And then now we got the launch 20 discount code. So go there, check that out. You could find me also at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So I got a lot to say. I'm solo on this uh, 
episode. Um, probably will be solo the first couple of this season before we roll in some guests. We have a lot of great episodes planned for you in season three. Well, I've been out of commission and I'll explain why in case you're not a serious XM listener or in the discord chat rooms over at fantasyguru.com. I'll explain why in a moment, but um, some health issues essentially. Now I'll be transparent with that as well, but um, yeah, we are, a lot of great special episodes, a lot of great guests line up here for season three, and I'm excited about it. Um, you know, some of the personal ones that you guys seem to like. I've done one on growing up in Chicago and my father and my mother, both who've passed away. And I've done uh, with my son. We popular demand. I think we'll bring him back here in season three. Uh, good curating that boy. Right. And so we got that. We'll do a lot of fantasy baseball stuff, a lot of baseball talk, a lot of hot topic sports talk, plenty of fantasy football, NFL draft coverage. We got a full onslaught of that coming up in the uh, cup, you know, right this month here in April as well. So uh, a lot of good stuff. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. If there's topics and episodes and guests that you would like to see or hear, by all means, hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans or in the Discord over at FantasyGuru.com, and I'll be happy to roll those out. So you may ask yourself, where the hell have you been? I think I recorded the last episode back in end of February. So I'll give a little update on that. So what happened was, the, the, try to make a long story as short as possible. Don't worry. I've got NFL thoughts. I've got Major League Baseball thoughts, plenty of sports. I've got talk about our elites, uh, fantasyguru.com, the Elite Sports Network, uh, where we're going, business stuff to, to get to. So I got a lot to say on this episode. I'll do the health thing first. Um, so back in November, for those who listen to Sirius XM show, there was a day, it's a Tuesday back in like early November. And I, at that point, so those who listen to the podcast, you guys know my, my family history. My family's just dog shit when it comes to heredity and illness and sickness, like my, I have so much wrong with my genes. It's not even funny. Dad had three forms of cancer. Mom had osteosporosis, uh, bone disease. Um, brother was born a dwarf and has uh, chronic uh, um, uh, lung disease and heart disease. My sister has heart disease. So, you know, not the best genes, if you will, you, you do the best you can with what you're dealt. So I grew up with my father in cancer. And I think it was like episode eight of the podcast, if I'm not mistaken, um, that I talked about my old man. I also did a special with cancer, uh, you know, last season, I think I did a cancer episode, go back and check those out. And then I was diagnosed with intestinal cancer back in 2017. All right. So with that, I've had to be proactive about my health and about, you know, screening for cancer and things like that. So back in November, I got tested for, I had a colonoscopy, just routine, right? You know, normal kind of, you know, do that whole thing, which I, I fucking hate that procedure. I just hate drinking that shit. Now they tell me, my sister went in for one just the other day. They said, oh, she only had to take some pills and were able to mix her stuff with Gatorade. No, not me. They made me drink like fucking battery acid and, and all that. So it sucked for me. But anyway, November, I had that. And immediately after, like literally that day, as I was you know, getting ready to leave, oh, the results, they were like, uh, buddy, you got a little, some fucking problems here. And, you know, there's some things that we have to look, you know, we have to uh, monitor it. We have to get in there. 
And so they sent it out to radiologists, yada, 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 uh, said, yeah, you've got a mass in your colon and we need to get it out. We were able to snip a piece of it. We'll give you the results. And of course, like four weeks go by, they get the results inconclusive. Oh, fucking great. Um, you know, they weren't overly worried at the time, but with my history and obviously family history, and you know, the colon cancer um, being a, a very possible outcome, it was very nerve wracking and um, brutal. So it was tough to be honest with you guys, as I try to be, it was brutal living with that. Um, I put off the surgery. They wanted to do surgery. Like they were, you know, the earliest I could get in at that point was like the very end of December. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll wait. I'm going to wait. Football season goes through like, you know, the, the first week of January, I'm going to wait. Cause football season's my heavy workload. A lot of people depending on me, I'm going to wait to then I will schedule surgery for late January. And that's the way I'll go. Well, our medical system is completely fucked. I mean, it's it's so bad. It's just so fucking bad. I could spend the whole show talking about how bad insurance is, how bad our healthcare system is, and that's nothing against the workers. I have several, my sister-in-law, my sister, aunt, all nurses, um, but it, it's a disaster. Anyway, I did that. We scheduled consultations early January and we're going to have the surgery late January. Well, everything got fucked up and you got to go to this screening and you got to go to this doctor in order to get a referral here and all the next thing, you know, it's, I don't get on the surgeon's schedule until the beginning of March. And that was a lot. I'll be honest with you guys though. Those months, you know, enjoyed the holiday in December, but that was really difficult for me to know that mm, my, da my dad passed away. He had three forms of cancer. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was the main one, but he did have colon cancer. And after his surgery, he didn't recover. He was great that first day, uh, first two days. And then like the third day overnight, something happened. He got sepsis and died. Um, so, you know, living with it was very difficult to be quite honest. You know, it's in my mind and I'm a person that, I have an awareness issue where I'm always aware of the things I need to do. The wife and I, when we fight, it's like, she doesn't need to remind me to do something. I always know. I just put an order. I, I put, I live by a schedule. Uh, I can only, you only could do so much. So I know this thing hanging over me was pretty brutal, but I got to March and got on the schedule and everything seemed fine. Well, what happens? Fucking a, I, I set everything up for that first week of March. And the day before I was supposed to have the surgery, I got sick in like a stomach flu type situation, vomiting, all this stuff. I'm sure. Isn't that a great episode? Aren't you guys glad? Yes. I got really sick. And because I'm who I am, I tried to go in for surgery that morning and they said, get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. I had already taken that week off. It took me like three days to recover from that. Um, but I recovered and thus I need to postpone the surgery. So I was out for, from Sirius XM for that entire week. And, you know, I was behind the scenes at elite still writing and doing that stuff. Cause I, once I got better, it was fine, but I didn't get on the schedule till, um, the 14th of March. So I was back a week and then I, you know, had surgery on the 14th of March. <sighs> and so going for surgery yeah, and, you know, knew what I was up against everything else, but it seemed pretty routine, pretty good, everything easy. 
and nothing like that happened. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty transparent and I don't really HIPAA laws and all that bullshit. I, I don't, I don't mind. I actually, if you guys don't like talking about it, I know there's like shows I'm not into like watching people, you know, have surgeries, the, the discovery plus shows that have all that shit. So if this isn't your cup of tea, I apologize in advance, but I'm going to talk about it for those. Uh, I, th I think it serves two purposes, maybe three, one is self. And I, I like to, I like to talk about it. I don't like to hold secrets or I want everybody to know what's going on. I think also um, I'm a big believer in, cancer screening and things like that, because I've seen what it does. I've seen the effects, um, getting checked out. I, I've seen it positive and negative. My dad didn't, my dad's leg swelled up for like a year. He had a bright red leg. Like he, he, he got to the point where he couldn't move his leg. And none of us said fucking anything. We're just like, Oh, I guess that's you know, because you're a bad leg. We, I mean, it was fucking ridiculous when you look back at it. And turned out to be non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he actually went into remission like three times, but we waited a long time. And if we would have treated us earlier, he probably would have got at least more years. If not shit could have still been with us today. And that's brutal, you know, for me. And I've got a young family and stuff and I want to stay on top of this. So if you're out there, I believe in it, having PET scans and colonoscopies and uh, upper GIs where they check, you know, your throat and things like that. And, you know, just testing. They, they do that thing where you shit in a box for your colon screening, you know, the color guard or whatever it is. They do it. They have a lot of stuff. Just if you get past 40 or whatever, just do it, man. Just don't fuck around. Just it's not a big deal. Have routine blood draws and scans and things like that just to stay on top of it. Anyway, um, I did that. They caught it, went in for surgery and surgery was uh, one of the worst things ever. Evidently. All I know is I went to sleep and I remember right before, like I'm on the table. And for one, this is funny. The doctor came into the room and starts, he's like clapping and he's like, why isn't I, and I can't remember some music, you know, for the purposes of comedy, I'll say Taylor Swift. Why isn't my Taylor Swift on? I don't think that's what he said, but he said something like that. And then the nurses had to go, uh, he's, he's still awake. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, so that wasn't great. Right. All immediately. I'm like, Oh shit. Um, but I was uncomfortable. I'm like, ah, oh, cause they I had to be on my stomach or chest and I was on a flat metal board and it fucking hurt my like rib cage. And I was thinking, Oh, that hurts. And that's the last thing I remember. I'm a out. When I wake up, I got people over me and stuff and they're asking me questions and I'm sort of dazed or whatever. And uh, it wasn't until like I got home that my wife had to retell me the story, you know, the next day and say, Hey, you stopped breathing twice while you were on the operating table. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? She goes, nobody knows why they asked if you had sleep apnea. I do not. I don't have breathing problems. Don't have lung problems. Um, it was just, and so they got, I do suffer from anemia. That's a result of my intestinal cancer. It's, it's been with me since 2017 for whatever reason. Um, so that was like, she was scared to death. And the, thus, they couldn't go all the way with the surgery. They only got about 66%, two thirds of the 
mass out of my colon. So it was worst case scenario by a mile. And by the way, so when they said I stopped breathing, evidently they had to hold me up. And I don't know how they did it. Evidently they just yanked at me because I have had, and I still have a bruise. I have bruised all up and down my neck, my shoulder, and my left forearm bruises like they just like somebody who drafted Allen Robinson they just beat the shit out of me right when I was on table this motherfucker <laughs> that's what it was like but it, it was weird to the point that I couldn't lay on my left side because of how much bruising and pain I was in so they had to like fucking hold me up so it was a really bad situation and to not get all the, the tumor was horrific obviously worst case scenario now thankfully there's good news here, and that was that the, the test came back as benign, non-cancerous, and stunning, really surprising, because that whole week, if you guys noticed, I went radio silent, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my family. I did not tell my friends or anybody outside. I didn't even tell. We didn't tell our kids. My wife and I are the only ones that knew, because we wanted to wait until we had all the information till the radiologist weighed in. And you know, we, at that point, we really did assume it was just, all right, this is cancer and they couldn't get it all going to have to go back in. And I'm going to have to immediately go under treatment. Like this is what's happening. And that's, that's what we're up against. Right. And um, is what it'll be and we'll fight it. You know, I'm not going to back down from anything. Stunningly and surprisingly, we got the news that Friday that it wasn't, it was benign. And we were just, everyone's shocked from the doctors on down and we're just, Oh, okay, great. So like, now what do we do? So there may be a time I have to have another surgery. There may be um, some ways to do it chemically or, or uh, radiation to shrink these tumors and things like that, or the masses they say, not tumors, but um, we're going to watch it and go from there. Again, routine colonoscopies. Now I'm going to have to have one every three months and things like that, but it's okay. Best case scenario really afterwards, and I'm thankful. And I'll tell you guys this with the most sincerity of anything I've ever said in my life is that if you don't appreciate your life, whatever it is, the bad, the good, the everything, you know, you need to rethink yourself. You need to get straightened out. You need to appreciate what you got because it is unbelievable i was in a hospital bed well you know my bed but is i was was bedridden for three weeks essentially two and a half weeks really before i started even getting up like i couldn't i got up and walked five steps to the bathroom that's as far as i could go and that's just how it was and it was brutal to not be able to work now i love my work so some people wouldn't love their work but to i couldn't see my kids i didn't i didn't leave my bedroom i didn't leave the bed um it was a week before i facetimed with them right before i can get my bearings and you know and even then it was brutal knowing that i'm gonna have to tell them you know i have some medical problem real medical problems here and and all that it was brutal and it's just brutal not to work it was brutal not to be on air do these podcast things that i love doing and seeing people walking around fuck anything just seeing the outside anything it was brutal and it's been a long way for me to get back to where i'm at right now and i'll tell you i sit here and i'm about 60 percent. that's all i have a long way to go a long way and so many fronts but i am motivated i'm excited for the challenge i'm happy that 
the world and God or whoever you believe in or whatever you believe, whatever's happened, I, I have a chance. And it means a lot to me. And I hope you guys recognize that in your own lives and fucking things just, you know, it's easy as it was so easy for me. I got very jealous while I was sitting there in bed and to the point that I couldn't like even look at social media. I had my phone. I couldn't even look because I was jealous. This motherfucker, these motherfuckers get to do this and this, and they don't have to deal with that. And, you know, that's not a healthy way to look. It's not a healthy way to live. You, you, you get, we're all dealt our cards, man. And we play our hand. You can either fold it up and pack it in and, tuck in a ball and roll away, or you could decide to fight through it or, or better yet, just maximize what you have and the things you do have. And it made me really appreciate a lot of things. Uh, I mean, I'm so thankful to be able to talk to you guys today. I'm so thankful for an amazing staff at elite and an amazing family that reached out, you know, me and my family have always been close brothers and sisters still alive and everything. And they all moved down here in Arizona, but we are a very complicated family and a very, uh, I don't know what the word, we don't get along as well as we probably should. It's weird, but we do rise to the challenge. You know, in times of chaos, we, my brothers and sisters, we rally around each other and they did for me this time. And my wife is just an incredible human being who I can't believe took care of me the way she does and still continues to right now. It's unbelievable and very lucky with that. Um, kids are very, you know, they spent their spring break doing nothing. My wife had to care for me and we didn't do anything. They, my son played video games. My daughters worked on schoolwork and, and worked at their jobs. They, they, we didn't do anything fun and it sucks. It's painful for me not to, be able to do that, go on a trip or, or have games around the house or something, but it's the hand we're dealt, right? We're all dealt. You guys, every one of you out there have your own hurdles and your own obstacles in your way. And what I want to express to everybody is, you know, make, turn those obstacles around, make them into motivation, make them into, Make them into building blocks. Turn them around. You repurpose the obstacles. Motivate it. Get motivated by them. Enjoy it. And no matter what your life is, man. Uh, my mom, as I've talked about many times, drove a bus for wheelchair children, handicapped people, disabled people her entire life. And I grew up in that environment. And, you know, sometimes that's it. My brother is disabled, severely disabled. And, you know, it doesn't mean your life is any less. It doesn't mean, you, you know, you start thinking that way. Cause you're not perfect. You see Instagram models and I wish I looked like this. I wish I was taller or smaller hair and skin and athletic ability. And, you know, and I look at it like, shit, I wish I was healthy. You know, I do things right. I don't do anything unhealthy. I'm in, always in good shape, but it didn't really matter. And for a lot of you out there, I'm sure you've suffered from health problems as well. So live every day to the fullest. It's given me a newfound appreciation and a great perspective. I think going forward that just who I want to be, what I want to be about and what matters. And, um, you know, that that's the way I'm going to root now so cut to two weeks from now where I'm bitching about some stupid fucking thing and, uh, all, all that at however, and that may be fine. Um, but, for now, I just appreciate life and the opportunities that I've, I've been given. So that's my health update. I'm still continuing to get back. Uh, you know, did every other show 
on Sirius last, last week I did the end. I did like Wednesday and Friday. I'm trying to get through all days this week. I'm only in the middle of the week. I'll pro I'll make it, but I got to admit, like, as I sit here now, it's pretty brutal. Um, very uncomfortable. I can't sit for long periods of time, especially in one position or another. Um, won't get into the reasons behind that, but I'm sure you could use your own mind. It's just been, it's, just bad. And thus, for those of you who do subscribe to us at fantasyguru.com, you will not see me on the daily fantasy baseball write-ups at the start of the season. I have done the opening day write-up, ah, fuck, a decade plus, right? I love it. I love opening day. I cannot sit and do that kind of long work as we stand right now, I've been working on my USFL rankings, been working on my football stuff. I've done, you saw an article, my Roto league targets for our draft guide at fantasyguru.com. I've been able to do those, but it takes me long periods of time to do those things. I have to, you know, chunk it out half hour here, hour here on a good day, an hour and a half here. So I'm still working back to it. So your patience is appreciated. If you want to yell at me, go ahead, but we got, that's why we got a great team. However, Ted, Chris Rose and Ricky Sanders and CJ Colton back. And, you know, our entire uh, Scott Bond or Scotty B all our guys, uh, you know, everybody. And now I'm going to leave people out. They're going to be, I love you, Duke. Love you. love all you guys. Um, really. It's just such a talented team and staff that I'm so proud. It's like Ray and Ted stepping up to do the Sirius XM show. And to me, I, I feel like I need to be doing it. I should be doing it. But it's amazing to have that kind of talent fall back on and surround me. Not just great people, but people that will rise to the challenge and do great work for all of you who have depended on my work over the years, you know? So that means a lot. Um, so you'll see me. I'll be back in our da daily fantasy baseball. I'm going to be in chats a lot because I could do that. An hour clip and sit and chat. Like I could do that. And I will be doing that. I made you some cheat sheets early on in the season. And I'll get back to the bigger write-ups as well. Don't you worry. But you know, that's just where I'm at as we stand here on the 6th of April when I'm recording this podcast. All right. The, that leads into the website update. So everything's going on. Baseball season is upon us. Uh, I'm excited. One of the things, the transitions that we're making, starting with this baseball season, um, and it'll be NBA, NHL going forward. Not so much football. Football's we do football better than anybody in the world. Um, that's just a given. So we're not going to change much there. But we're going to be more direct, more succinct. Uh, we have big plans to expand our betting. Uh, we have consensus bets that we're putting in every single day over at fantasyguru.com. We'll, we're only going to have one daily fantasy baseball write-up a day. It's a big article, huge article. It's got data. It's got cash game breakdowns. It's got GPP tournament breakdowns. It's got rankings for every day. It'll be updated throughout the day. It'll be there all day long for you guys, whether you're a morning person or evening person. And one write up a day, then we'll have a cheat sheet for those who want to either print and go or a quick reference guide to it. But the other thing we're doing is we have the core four live stream with Kyle Alfrank every single day, which I'll be on there. Ted will be on there. Ricky and CJ and our bonder and our whole group, Chris Rose and everybody will be guests on that show, of course, and give, you know, talks on our daily fantasy baseball and our betting uh, baseball bets for the day. We're also going to be in chat though. Like the teaching, the it's not one-on-one because -on -one we have thousands of subscribers, but you know, when I'm in chat, 
you can ask your questions directly. What do you think about this pitcher? Jeff, what do you think um, Lucas Giolito's going today? What do you think about him? Here's what I think. Against the, you know, the, the, the Tigers' bats, it's going to be rough here. You know, we'll be able to break anything and everything down for you directly. And that's the direction that we are going. Much more one-on-one. That's our Discord. That's our live stream because the live streams all have chats where you could ask questions on that as well. So that's the way we go. We, we've been always doing a cash game breakdown and a GPP breakdown. We're merging those into one sort of big art, bigger article section and off though. So it's easy for you to see and understand a nice reference article with data tables and everything else. So I'm sure you guys will like it. Those who've been longtime subscribers of ours though, maybe take a little getting used to, you're not used to seeing, you're used to seeing dedicated one tournament. Um, breakdown or one cash game breakdown right that's what you're used to seeing and now you're going to just get one you could if you only want that one section it'll be clearly outlined and there for you and we're going to have a lot of time in chat as well so that's what's going on over there we've got we've refined our betting this goes for baseball all our sports going forward as well we are now writing actual articles for sports betting i I think there's way we or as guilty as anybody, we became a lot, a big time pick mill, if you will, where we just posted picks, picks, picks. I know for football, we did that. And uh, football, I had an amazing, see, by the way, I need to brag about my college basketball fucking bets because I was 36, four and one in college basketball, this NCAA tournament. Absolutely insane. I'm not a college basketball guy. I know fuck all about college basketball. Right. I read our team previews. So I, I knew the pace that teams wanted to play. I knew the stars on some of the teams, all because of our team breakdowns. And by the way, I had nothing else to do. When you have no distractions, nothing else in your life, pretty easy. That tournament came on that Thursday. I was in heaven because I had something to distract me and to do. And I could just open up my app and bet. It was, it was fucking unbelievable. But um, I had a good football season betting. But the problem is we didn't, we didn't teach enough gave you the picks and for some of you that's what you want you listen to this podcast and you, know, you just want picks 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 although th- this podcast you probably don't listen <laughs> those who just start, want picks probably don't listen because this is i don't give just picks or you skip ahead to the end where i i do you know give out the bet of the day the the dfs play and all that kind of shit so we were doing articles and we're doing consensus bets for this whole baseball season. That's going to get into football, all of our sports going forward. And what we're going to all learn together is where our staff and where all of you can make the most amount of money. It's going to illustrate that like I'm going to, we have five bets a day for all of us. And, but we are forcing all of us, myself, Ted, uh, CJ and all of our guys are going to do certain categories of baseball bets. And what's going to happen is you're going to watch it play out on who is really good at pitcher props, hitter props, game totals, the spreads, hit, you know, hitter props, um, you know, anything like all the different props. We have five different categories and we will stand out. We will have standouts and hot streaks at each one. And this will allow you and our users to get a good idea. You have the articles explaining everything. And then you'll have those picks that get in any category. And I strongly recommend, especially with baseball betting, because 
Like with football and even basketball, you can go all in on one game and just fucking hammer it and destroy it and do great. Baseball doesn't work that way, right? The game, knowing the game flow doesn't matter as much as knowing sort of the players and maybe the totals, you know, and then the money line, you know, that's, that's about it. You know, it's complicated and there's a lot to it because you've got no bullpens and bench players and all that stuff, but whether all that plays into it still um, you don't want to, you can't just bet, go all in. Oh, the A's are playing the Astros, oh, but no Astros. And, you know, because that may work two out of three in a series, but you know, you go too hard and you have that game where the A's take two out of three and you're fucked, man, you drop considerably. So got to be careful with baseball and, uh, you'll you you're going to be able to find your groove betting on baseball a lot better in our setup. I'm confident in that. It's my and if it fails, it's my idea. Blame me. I don't think some of our staff is too happy about some of it, but it's okay. I, I, I we're going to sh- we're going to do well by our customers for it. So um, that's what's going on over at the the website, and I'm excited. Uh, I talked about USFL coming out, our NFL draft guide, which isn't our fantasy football draft guy, it's the NFL draft, all our player profiles and rankings and everything is up there as well over at fantasyguru.com. So get over there and check it out. For those who haven't listened to the Sirius XM show, let me talk a little bit about this NFL offseason because that, that's probably the worst. Number one worst thing for me going through this health issue, and especially when I did it, was not seeing my kids. That's number one. You know, ba- barely being able to talk to them for like two weeks. The second worst is the NFL went fucking bananas and I was not able to comment on any of it. So let me blaze through some of this before we get to some baseball. I'll give you some predictions and things like that as well. Um, My God, the amount of money given and resources and assets given to wide receivers is beyond comprehension. It's a terrible way to build teams. Receivers are very important in the modern game, of course. And, the thing that here's how, you know, okay. So I've been bedridden for a while. Yes, Jeff, we know where's this. I've watched a lot of television, like a fucking crazy ton, bad vegan inventing Anna dope, sick, like all these shows, dateline 2020. I've watched fucking everything. And an overwhelming trend around the world right now is scam artists. And you know what? I worked with scam artists. I worked with scam artists here at Elite. Not trying to say, you know, and it's not who you're probably thinking either. I know these people. I know the people that talk as if they're just the smartest and they're rich and they just, they present to you a persona that is totally, utterly fake. And they get people caught in their lies. And it, so it is, it almost fucked our business. Fortunately, it did. It's fucked other businesses. And I've seen it in fantasy sports. I've seen it in many different genres. In tech, when I was in, in tech back in the early 2000s, I watched people just fake it till you make it. Well, there's a limit. You can't, uh, faking till you're making is one line of thinking, but it becomes criminal activity at a certain point. So here's how you know NFL front offices are a fucking fraud. 10 years ago, NFL thought that running the football was the be-all, end-all, 
and that you needed workhorse running backs and, and that was it. Now, every, you know, over the last, let's say 10 to 15 years, the tide has turned and it, it happened slowly at first, but once it's sort of caught on, everybody knows it. It's the same in fantasy football and everybody forgets. And like the Patriots, why they're so good. The genius of Bill Belichick and Brady and Josh McDaniels and all these guys was that in two, late 2006, they decided to reinvent their offense and say, fuck it. We're going to start running spread formations. We're the, the Patriots defense willed them the first couple championships. After that, they didn't have enough. So they had to reinvent themselves and they, they decided, you know what, let's, let's go, let's get spread out this offense and let's chuck the ball around, stop running the ball. We're going to throw, 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 because the rest of our division and the rest of the AFC, they are geared up to stop the run. Cause that was what they did. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock short, quick passes. So they built the teams that would build up the front seven to, Stop them. Well, now, screw that. We're spreading out the field. We're going to force you to put five, six defensive backs on the field. And even when we run, you got a bunch of 170-pound, you know, five-foot-ten-inch, 70-pound guys trying to tackle our big bruising backs. Otherwise, we're going to have Tom Brady be quick and efficient with the football and pick you apart. And that's what – that happened late 2006. And then it went into 2007 when they broke every record in the world. Scored 589 points, went 16 0, and Giants won the Super, beat them at the Super Bowl somehow. But you know, they just changed the game. So they were way ahead of the, the curve. They were ahead of everything. But what's happened since, right? What, what has happened to the Patriots since then? Well, next four or five years, they threw, 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 threw. But in the 20, mid to 2010s, Around 2013, 2014, they started running the ball all of a sudden. You know, th- this is a team that went from, um, you know, being one of the predominant passing, number one in passing offense every single year, to now splitting it, you know, in the mid-2000s. And then as time goes on, they're top 10, top eight, top six, top five rush attempts. They start running the ball. Why? Because every team went out, loaded up on safeties and corners in order to keep up with the, the advancement of the spread offense, in the national football league and specifically the Patriots. And they didn't have the personnel in the, in the front seven to combat the run. And then the, so the Patriots were always ahead, always ahead. And you look at teams, look how like the Eagles, you know, look how the Eagles and some of these teams, you know, made the playoffs this year. And just think about it. Even the Cowboys, the fucking Packers, the Rams, like these teams ran the ball a lot. The Titans, right? Especially before Derrick Henry went down. You know, these teams made the playoffs and did well, had winning records because they ran the hell out of the football because defenses, edge rushers, everybody, look at the edge rushers for the NFL draft right now. And you go around and look at these guys and the, the um, Thibodeau and Hutchinson and these great edge guys, they weigh 250 pounds, right? They're 255, 265, right? Thibodeau's 240, 245. Great bend can get around the edge, but in the run game, 
you get you start let's look at two nfl draft prospects and like evan neal of alabama versus thibodeau uh or, or hutchinson all right um in the run when you pass these guys are fast they're faster than evan neal they get under evan neal six seven like the dude's a beast the left tackle for alabama but you get underneath that's what they call bend on the edge you scoot under and you get to the quarterback that's what you're looking for but in the run game you can bend all you want it'll throw you to the fucking ground and evan neal will just he's six seven 340 pounds versus six four 250 he's going to fucking annihilate you. Like he'll throw you into the secondary. You've neutralized that. So run against them. And you've seen that a lot of success for teams that don't have a lot of weapons, but they just are smart in play calling and smart about building their system and scheme offensively. So, you know, where I'm going with this is that, the NFL now thinks everything's passing league and then you have to have all these wide receivers, but there is no position on a football field that is more dependent than the wide receiver. What I mean by that is a wide receiver doesn't exist. Like think, uh, name me a random position, offensive guard. Okay. Uh, running back. Okay. Defensive linebacker. There is not a position in maybe all sports that depends more on another position as the wide receiver does. Cause if your quarterback sucks, it's uh, it's over. You could have the greatest hands, the fastest, tallest, biggest, strongest, everything in the world, everything in the world to make you a great receiver. But if the quarterback can't get you the ball, it's, it's null and void. It's moot. And then you, you got to go further on that. What does it take? Look at why do you think Russell Wilson will be better in Denver than he was in Seattle? Why will Matt Ryan put up better numbers in Indianapolis than he will in Atlanta? Why did the, um, uh, uh, you know, Packers sign Aaron Rodgers? And, you know, we think he'll be a little worse without surrounding talent. You start to see there's a lot, you know, Tom Brady, why did he put up better numbers to the Bucs than he did his final couple of years in New England? Different system and different style. Like, that's what matters. It takes a lot. The quarterback is dependent on their offensive line, their play calling, and, and all that. Also needs good receivers. But that's a, if the quarterback can't get the ball out in time, if the quarterback can't throw the ball where he wants to in the passing lanes, if the scheme, if the system, if the play calls – aren't correct if you're not throwing you know against uh, let's say throwing the pump and go against a cover two or if you're not using um the tight end move tight end out and ups right over the you know over that linebacker against the cover two where you split the safeties if you're not running the if you're not able to do that you're fucked so why are you paying them 20 million dollars a year Receivers are great for fantasy football. They're great in our game. But in the game of football, you can make a receiver great. Right? Diggs getting 100 million with the Bills is stupid. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, we know he was, he was good in Minnesota, but 
overshadowed um you know and so on and so forth it, receivers go one place robert woods was dog shit in buffalo and then he was great in la now he's in tennessee we'll see how he goes right there's a lot of factors around Allen robinson saw him he's a fantastic receiver fell off the face of the earth in chicago last year right kenny galladay goes from great numbers in detroit to absolutely nothing with the giants system matters a lot to wide receivers so to see tyree kill and Devonte adams uh, you go to these you get massive contracts and you give up five draft picks in the case of Tyree kill and you pay him 20 million a year. It's, it's ridiculous, especially for an undersized guy as fast as he is. Tyree kill will never get faster. He's only going to go slower. So to invest in the future of an undersized slower wide receiver, when your quarterback can't really throw the deep ball, he could lob the deep ball. But the difference, I mean, what makes Tyree Kill so fast and those Kansas City teams with Mahomes is that he'd hit him in stride. Tua doesn't hit in stride. Tua lofts the deep ball. He throws it into the basket as opposed to through the target. So you're going to – so I, I think Miami's going to be very exciting offense, but that's because the scheme is right. And Mike McDaniel, they're going to throw a lot of short passes and let Tyreek run with the ball. That, and that's good and Waddle as well. And they beefed up their offensive line and they got pass catchers out of the backfield like Mostert and Chase Edmonds. Miami's dynamic offense. It's going to be great to watch. I cannot wait. And I think Tua, I uh, have not done my official updates to my rankings over at fantasyguru.com. Those should be coming out by the uh, end of the weekend. So go there, check that out. However, Tua's borderline QB1 in fantasy football right now. All right. So because of the surrounding talent, it's still a bad way to build your team, pay the quarterback, what you want, protect the quarterback, pay that money, to the offensive line, and you'll get running back production. You'll get receiver production. Um, Tyreek in Miami takes a hit his fantasy numbers. He's not a first round pick for me anymore. I think he'll put up very solid, good numbers, but the yardage totals aren't going to be anywhere near what he was he's going to be a guy that may struggle to get a thousand yeah he'll get a thousand he's not going to get much more than 1100 yards receiving 1400 yard seasons that aren't happening for Tyree you just don't have enough air yards you just don't have the deep ball you don't have it and throwing it in the bushel basket when you're 510 that don't work when you're Kenny Galladay you can go up and get it shit yeah okay then you know then two will work with Galladay he doesn't work with Tyreek. It's going to have to be quick hitters. And I think the offense as a whole is going to be good, but Tyreek took a hit fantasy-wise. Devontae Adams to the Raiders doesn't take that much of a hit. He's going to be the clear alpha there. They paid him. He The thing about him at the Raiders is he's got that rapport with the quarterback playing at Cal with Derek Carr and their buddies and all that. Same thing he had with Aaron Rodgers. Now, don't forget, Aaron Rodgers, the biggest fraud in all of sports, by the way, you know, Rodgers didn't like Devonte Adams for two and a half years. It took Jordy Nelson going down for him and them and Greg Jennings leaving and also getting hurt first, then leaving for Rodgers to have to force the ball to Adams. And that's how that rapport was born. And if you don't think Adams remembered that, and then you come back and by the way, can we say this to, about Packers? 
just because Devonte had you, you, what you a lot of folks don't understand about contracts is that in baseball when you get a contract five years a hundred million dollars you get twenty million a year okay that's a guaranteed contract you're going to get every penny of that money all right sometimes you're a Bobby Bonilla and you get paid over an annuity for years to come. That stuff happens. Football, it doesn't matter. You could say, Taysom Hill, what did he have? $104 million contract with uh, another fraud, by the way. And I called out many, many times. He's now long, no longer a quarterback. He's tight end. So the whole contract, it's all null and void. And there's just nothing for Taysom Hill any longer. Um, when you get your money is important. And Devontae Adams is getting older. He's not a young guy anymore. He's been in the league a long time fucking time all right and uh as is aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers has made 400 500 million dollars already where Devontae adams has not had a big year he got 19 million last year because he played on the franchise tag but as he's entering his age 30 season we know that window is starting to close whether he's with aaron Rodgers in green bay or in vegas wherever it's starting to close so of course what green bay wanted to do and Aaron Rodgers says, I want my fucking money now, 50 million a year, motherfuckers. And that's what he did. And that's what he got. Uh, Green Bay, the only way they were keeping Adams is they could sign him to a massive contract, but they couldn't, they couldn't really pay him Boku, the real actual money until year three, four. And by then, you know, Adams and his agent were smart. At that point, he's going to be 32, 33. Fuck that. They're not going to pay him then. They're not going to, what the fuck would they pay him at 32, 33? Well, you know, and Rogers, maybe, you know, maybe he gets hurt. Maybe Adams has concussion problems in the past, right? These are like, they'll just cut your ass. You know, it's not guaranteed. And that's the, that's the contract. That's what the Packers were offering. That's what they wanted to do. And Adams was smart enough to know, no way. I'm, I don't trust that when I'm 33 years old, and Aaron Rodgers retires or his play to, uh, starts going after age 40, that you're still going to think I'm worth $25 million a year. Bullshit. And he was right. Cause they wouldn't have no fucking way. Mm-mm. So he would have made 50 million. Okay. But he, he was done. And you know, Rogers decided that he decided his money was more important than his teammates. After telling everybody last year, it's more important than his teammates. It's what every teammate Aaron Rodgers ever had set up against him and turned out to be right. Anyway, so um, that's how I feel about that. Um, I've talked on the uh, Tyree Kill takes a hit. Devontae Adams takes a hit, right? It's not quite Aaron Rodgers, but he's playing in a dome. The other thing about Adams is the AFC West. Look, as much as those teams have done offensively, defensively no more Tyron Matthew no more Daniel Sorensen both safeties for the the Chiefs are gone you've got Denver Broncos no more Vic Fangio in that defense um you've got um the Chargers have beefed up their defense they still although they lost their corner as well they they get back uh Khalil Mack was a fucking fantastic trade for them but the the defenses in the AFC West aren't near what the offense are. There are going to be nothing but shootouts. That's the thing. When you look at those games, the six games that Devontae Adams plays against the opponents, pretty freaking delicious from a fantasy standpoint, right? 
I mean, up-tempo, fast-paced, pass-heavy, high-scoring, mm. delicious. So that's why Adams does not – it just doesn't take that big of a hit. Tyreek does. I think Adams is still a fringe – he's a wide receiver one. He's a top-half guy. He's a uh, – I have him third right now at the wide receiver position. And I think he's a borderline first-round pick in fantasy football, Devontae Adams, with Derek Carr. Clear alpha in Las Vegas. So that's what I think of that one. Um, Deshaun Watson and Cleveland. Tremendous get for the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are a true Super Bowl contender. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in 2022 because he's. we're going to see Watson out at least four to six games, probably six or possibly more, no matter what. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about that case because people get too upset. I'm not going to argue. That's another thing with my, after the illness and my perspective on things is that I'm, I know I'm going to eventually fall back into it, but I'm not, I have no interest in arguing with somebody, any of you or anybody on earth that doesn't want to argue that won't listen to reason guys. I spend, when I argue as much as my rants are, yelling and pounding my desk and things like that, that I'm known for. I've always, I'm informed and I'm passionate about things I believe in. And I have facts to back me up. If there's no point in arguing when it's not an argument, you're always going to stay on your side. That's not the point. And I'm not always going to stay on my side either ever. I'm never going to stay on my side. If you can, if you're ever in an argument with me, I will always be open to being proven wrong or brought over to your side. Like I, I absolutely, if you could prove it, you give a great case. I, I'm open. I'm an open book or open forum. If you can do that. I like engaging in talk. One of the favorite uh, I've fallen in love with the ESPN's first take. I fucking hate, I hate skip a list. I hate like, I hate all that shit. And I didn't like Stephen A. Smith whatsoever before like two weeks ago. I thought he was just loud, obnoxious, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I'm not a Stephen A. guy, but now I've been confined in the bed and I've watched a lot of that show. And specifically when Mad Dog Russo is on, because Mad Dog gives it right back to him. And I think Stephen A. Smith really appreciates that. I think he loves it. He loves that Mad Dog could he's informed and they know each other. They, they battle and it's great because you get really good arguments. And if you listen, and I know some of you, it's not your thing. You don't like the loud. I like the loud. I like the passion personally. Obviously it's why my style of broadcasting, but when you could sway the opponent and you give good, hard bought thought out facts and ideas, I think it's worth it. Um, so I'm just not going to argue. Because some of you think that because Dante Stallworth uh, or I don't know, anybody, Dante Stallworth and Aaron Hernandez, there's so many crimes, uh, you know, committed. You think, And then you guys say, or Zeke Elliott and these things and you, whatever the, your drug abuse, let's say. And then you say, well, Deshaun Watson is doing worse and he's getting less of a punishment. None of that really matters to the National Football League. And honestly, as, as much as it hurts to say it really shouldn't because that's not the NFL's job. NFL is in a courtroom. It's not a judge, not a lawyer. It's not the police. It's not law enforcement. You know, it's just not. And you need to understand they have, their job is about 
fair and equal. Deflating footballs is more important than drug abuse or other crimes, even heinous crimes, even even crimes that we all could admit just fucking terrible and that we would never want to like a person, associate with a person, all of that, okay? That doesn't and shouldn't matter to the National Football League, right? It, 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 not saying they should endorse them, that each team can, has to live with their, their decisions. They want to invest in a guy who's committed crimes or bad people. The Raiders have done it for years. There's been many bad people. But they do a job, you, you choose it. And if you do choose to align yourself with them, you know the cost. So they have to be, the games have to be fair. That's their thing. Equality and fairness. That's what a league is. That's what a sports league is. But Deshaun Watson makes the Browns better. And behind that offensive line with Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, holy shit. That's an exciting offense. I think Amari Cooper may be one of the most underrated as far as I've seen thus far. Not many people are in on Amari Cooper. I think they're, that's a crying shame. He, when Watson is healthy, that's going to be a lethal combination. That play action passes is going to be inc- incredible. The Browns are a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and I think would make a great bet if this year and beyond. They could squeak in the playoffs even if Watson misses six games. It's possible. They go two and four and get him back and go on a nice run and finish 12 and five, 11 and six and get in the playoffs. And then when you got that team as a whole, it, it, watch out. So, yeah, I love that move uh, a lot from a football standpoint, from a parent and all that kind of stuff. Well, I won't mention any of that. Steelers getting Trubisky. It's a good move. They only have to pay $7 million bucks a year for him. They're going – the Steelers want Malik Willis. There's no question about it. It's just a matter – they can't – they're not going to get him at 20. They're going to have to move up, and that's not the Steelers' way. So we'll see. I like the Falcons getting Mariota. The Falcons are dog shit. Oh, my God, are they bad. They're so bad. But it's a great place for a quarterback with the, his skills to scramble around, run the football, make something out of nothing – in an offense like that, I Mariota is going to be a, a under. He's a good super flex quarterback in 2022, so I, I really like that. Um, Matt Ryan to the Colts, perfect fit. Colts only had to give up a third. What a great move! What a great move! They gave away Carson Wentz. They get a second and a third and another conditional third in 2023, and then only had to give a third away for Matt Ryan. Fuck yeah. What a great move for the Colts. They got that division on lockdown as far as I'm concerned. Um, so there you go. The other moves, uh, Allen Robinson to the Rams, Juju Smith-Schuster to the Chiefs. We know great offenses add more ammunition, if you will, um, to them. We'll see if Beckham resigns in L.A. We know he's hurt, though, and he's not going to play for a while. That's the thing. Like Beckham, fucking um, – a lot, of, a lot of people aren't realizing that, like, Robert Woods is hurt. Jamison Williams from Alabama is, tore his ACL. Um, so the other um, um, Alabama uh, wide receiver with the uh, uh, Mechie, yeah, he tore his ACL too. Like, you got uh, a lot of people are kind of forgetting that you got some injured players. Odell Beckham, one of them. 
uh, as well. There's just, all, you know, be careful, especially in drafts right now. You know, just be careful because these guys are going to wind up on the pup list and miss a significant amount of time to start the season. So that is that. Uh, all right, that's good for football. My baseball predictions, uh, I've got a lot. I don't want to run too far over on this first episode back. I'm excited about opening day. I love Major League Baseball. I shit on baseball a lot. I don't talk about it nearly as much, but it's not because I don't love the game and I love the sport. Um, yeah, I grew up right by Comiskey Park and I love the White Sox and looks like a big year for them, even though some injuries. I didn't love the trade of Kimbrell, although we got my son's favorite player, AJ Pollock, back in the deal. So I'm excited as a White Sox fan to see what they can do this season with healthy Eloy and Luis Robert, two guys who weren't around most of the last season, by the way. A um, lot that they can do there. Um, but baseball, they get the amount of attention for me that they deserve. And they don't deserve a lot because of teams like the LA Dodgers, who spent $300 million, and the Oakland A's, who spent $30 million. Like these teams are everything that's wrong. Shouldn't be allowed to spend an infinite amount of money and get Freddie Freeman on top of everything else and Kimbrell and everything else. And then the Oakland A's, who can't keep a single person. That disparity is what's wrong with major league baseball. One of many things that is wrong. Still I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Some surprise teams for me this season. Um, Detroit tigers. We talked about that in serious XM show. I think they've got a lot of young arm talent in the rotation and that lineup getting Austin Meadows was a coup. Heimer Candelario. You've got some real quality bats in that lineup and in, in a very weakened division. So I like the Tigers there. I love the angels for rebound season. A healthy Mike Trout is a massive difference. And not only Trout, Anthony Rendon being healthy. You got Shohei Otani in there as well. A lot of good things from the LA angels this year. Will their pitching hold up? That's the million dollar question. I think they'll also another team. They'll go out and get players. If they're in contention, Jared Walsh, I didn't mention before, Max Stassi and Joe Adele. I mean, getting Syndergaard, can he stay healthy? We'll see. Michael Lorenzo, immense arm talent there. and Just real good team. And people are expecting the Mariners, and they're expecting the Astros in the AL West. But I think the Angels wind up taking it. So that's a surprise team there. In the National League, I, I wouldn't doubt. It. I think the Philadelphia Phillies, they're not going to surprise people but they'll be able to bludgeon teams. That lineup is absolutely stacked and they're, they're going to drive in a lot of runs. Love Reese Hoskins at his current value in fantasy baseball right now as well. So that's my surprise team there. I think that um, National League Central, ugh, really don't like any of these teams. Cardinals always seem to do it. And Goldschmidt hit the hell out of the ball during spring training. So give me the Cardinals to surprise some people possibly win that division uh, and the NL West. Uh, I think the Rockies are a surprise team. Dodgers are going to win it. The Padres have a lot of talent. When does Tatis come back? I'm still drafting Tatis before round 10, even though his ADP was in round 12 in fantasy baseball. It's a great get as far as I'm concerned, but look for the Rockies not to make the playoffs, but to do a little bit better because of the division. I think the Giants regressed there 
as well. So some baseball predictions for you right there. Again, we've got our full daily fantasy baseball core four daily fantasy baseball write-ups every single day, cheat sheets, chats, live streams, everything that you need to be a profitable and winning daily fantasy baseball player, sports betting every single day, consensus bets every single day posted on site over at fantasyguru.com betting articles every single day over at fantasyguru.com we've got our data for if you're not into data for basketball or hockey or maybe even football the sport you need elite sports data which is at fantasyguru.com it's baseball it's our smash report there is nothing like the smash report on earth it it doesn't exist we created it and if Think about the type of advanced stats that you need, such as pitch mix. What pitches do these guys throw? Best slider, best fastballs, two-seamer, four-seamer, best movement, sinker, change-ups, curveballs, all that. And then correlated with how the hitter does against sliders, curveballs, fastballs, two-seam, four-seam, velocity, right? Now, what about in what zone? Sliders down and in, sliders up and away, curveballs out and away. When you correlate that, the pitcher versus the hitter, you get the best matchup tool in the fucking world. And it's exclusive at fantasyguru.com. It's called the Smash Report. We've also got our Burr Report. That's the bullpen usage and reliever rating system. We've used this for the last six years. We Ray Flowers and I created this years ago. And it's, it's a true test of how good and bad the bullpens are, right? And we constantly updated how many lefties they have, how many righties they have, velocity, the ground ball, fly ball, all that data, pitch mix in the bullpen. And then you push that against the hitters every single day. And it's one of the greatest tools in the world for betting. It's one of the greatest tools for daily fantasy, hell for seasonal fantasy and your matchups, your weekly matchups. It's all right there. as part of our data package over there. This is not, we're not just throwing like, how many home runs does a guy have? No, that's not what we do. So um, I'm really proud of it. It's great, great resource. So check that out. And by the way, if you're going to be with us for the football season and you want to dance, you're going to play a couple days a week of baseball, daily fantasy baseball, betting on baseball. You want to hang out in the chats and discords with us, go in there, hit the join now button or email us support at fantasyguru.com and sign up. You could do it right on the site. Now you don't have to email you welcome to it, but just get in there. Say you want to start, winning and go into memberships. And when you add, if you say you want DFS, you want betting, you want seasonal, you get all three. It's like 20% discount, 40% discount for, to add the two. And then you use launch 20, another 20% off. It's the cheapest you'll ever get it. It's like getting one for free. Uh, it's by far and away. You guys have done the big three in the, in the past and stuff like that. This would be far and away the cheapest it's ever been. It's because we're all under one site. So we're able to offer those kind of deep discounts for everybody. Um, and you get a full year, everything we offer from golf, soccer, esports, betting, daily, baseball, hockey, lineup optimizers, projections, NASCAR, PGA, the Masters is coming up. Our guy, Tyler Rodriguez, one of the fucking sharpest guys, probably one of the biggest hidden gems in the entire space of fantasy sports let alone he's our pga guy i mean 
MMA, everything, basketball throughout the playoffs. You know what we do in football. You know what we do in baseball. Proud of it. Very excited. Plenty of tools, everything out there. Fantasyguru.com. Launch 20 is the promo code over there. That's going to do it. We're in the books. Season three is kicked off. Thank you guys for your patience. I cannot tell you how much you mean to me, how much it's appreciated. If you've reached out, if you've hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or uh, uh, TikTok or DM'd me or emailed me directly or the, the customer service, the fantasyguru.com or DM the house account, or you posted a note in Discord, I promise you, I've seen your message. I appreciate and love your message. It has meant the world to me. When you're in the situation that I've been in the last couple of weeks, you realize how important those notes, just positive thinking, positive thoughts mean the world to me. I've seen it. Now, I've, been, I've not been able to respond. I know coworkers of mine, maybe they're listening to this or maybe they don't listen to this, but you've reached out and I haven't been able to get to you. Family members, I haven't been able to get back. I promise you it's meant the world to me though. I see it. I appreciate every single one of you. If you're, you know, people in the industry, it's just been fantastic. It's been important. I was down and out. I, I just didn't, you know, I have a history with uh, depression and depressing thoughts. And, you know, it's hard when you go through something like this. So your words have meant the world. Your support means the world. And I fucking promise you, ladies and gentlemen, I will pay it back tenfold to all of you. We're going to have one hell of a year starting this baseball season all the way through football. We're going to have the most fun you've ever, we've ever had at fantasyguru.com in our discords on the shows. We're going to win money. We're going to take over the industry as we always do. I cannot wait. Hopefully you'll join us over there as well. Thank you for subscribing. Please spread the word. One man's opinion back for season three, new podcast every single week. And hopefully beyond that at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on a TikTok. Folks, you know where we do. Do you remember? I remember the sign off. You may disagree with some or possibly everything that you've heard on today's show. And that's perfectly all right. Why? Do you remember why? Because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Thank you again. Do you see?